Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm your host, Ryan Peterson, and welcome to the Malbehaved Racing Experience Podcast. I have an exciting podcast this week, and I look forward to you joining us and we discuss a whole myriad of topics. I'm going to start by talking about some track days that I've done. Uh, I did a couple track days with Fun Track Days, who brought me on as a instructor for their C group. I also did a track day with Carters. We're going to talk about uh, some future track days we got going on. Uh, we're going to talk about Hellcat riding and uh, the and. Uh, what the founder of that, Leah, has done to get some people out on the track. And then mostly we're going to talk about getting ready for AFM round number three that's about a week away at Thunderhill Raceway Park. So to kick off this podcast, yeah, it's been a few weeks since I've uh, done a podcast. I was uh, really, really busy with uh, work, closing out the school year at uh, the school I teach at, as well as with grad school. So sorry that I left such a big gap in uh, the recent production of our podcast here at uh, Malbehaved. Excuse me while I take a drink. Um, so as we get ready, uh, let's talk about um, when I left off the last podcast, I had just been offered a position as a rider coach with Fun Track Days. So uh, since then, I've done uh, two track days with Fun Track Days. Um, amazing days. I had the uh, awesome opportunity to take uh, some my family out to the Fun Track Days event here uh, in the early part of June. Took my wife out, uh, her friend Renee and uh, boyfriend Mario. We uh, took our toy hauler out. We took uh, my mother-in-law is here visiting, so uh, she went with us. My niece Autumn and my son Hayden, as well as Mario's son, all went out to the uh, the track. We spent uh, the night. Um, it was an interesting experience. Uh, uh, we got there, we rolled in uh, kind of right around about 7, 30, 8 o'clock at night on the night before the track day. Um... We all had dinner, we had to set up for our track, uh, get our, our trailers unloaded, get everything squared away for the next morning. Um, got up, I, I rose you know, bright and early, headed over to the Fun Track Days uh, um, staff meeting, which uh, this is my first time in a staff meeting with Fun Track Days, so it was super exciting to be there. You know, Normally they're kicking the riders out, hey, get out, get out, get out, we got you know, staff meeting, we're going to talk about how the day's going to go. But I got to stay this time. So I got my assignment. I was going to be coaching in the C group or cruising group, as Fun Track Day calls it. That's the slower beginner group. Um, I was going to, uh, I didn't have any particularly assigned riders. So I was kind of given uh, free reign to go out and find people to work with. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I ended up uh, coaching a couple of different riders. Uh, one particular guy later in the afternoon who uh, was having some serious, serious issues with uh, going right to turn left, making big swoopy turns. He was battling some setup issues on his uh, SV650. Um, as I followed him off the track, I saw that he was running over to Dave Moss's uh, trailer to get some adjustments. So I stopped to talk to Dave about him and, and just kind of you know bounce some ideas off Dave. Um, Dave, you know, being the utmost expert on suspension setup, bike setup, as well as a fantastic, fabulous, fast racer himself, we talked about uh, that this young man was battling some handling issues on his SV650 because he had uh, you know he just got in the bike and there were some modifications that he didn't know about. Uh, he had the wrong size shock, so it was handling terribly. So I, I bounced some ideas off Dave, and I was able to work out with that rider and get out, get him out on track for a couple of sessions, uh, improving his line so that he wasn't uh, making it more dangerous for himself or anybody else. I worked with uh, I worked with Renee quite a bit, uh, my wife's friend. We talked about uh, entry speeds, and we talked about line setup, uh, following lines, just you know looking through the corner, not looking too far through the corner. Uh, and then we were working with some handling issues on her bike. We found uh, after the first couple of uh, sessions that she was battling some serious ergonomics and has just starting to point it out to us. Um, what we found is that her right clip-on was severely bent. So uh, we borrowed some tools from uh, Motoguild, uh, heated that bar up, took it apart, was able to get it straightened back out, uh, straightened out her bent brake lever, which changed her ergonomics quite a bit. It's amazing. 
Uh, how much ergonomics on a motorcycle really affect how you ride? If your handlebars in the wrong position, your brake levers in the wrong position, it's going to just change the way everything where, where it's at. It's not intuitive. And so uh, after we got her uh, bike set back up, got the ergonomics fixed, she was able to go out and ride and have a good time and actually be safer, more fluid, more smooth. She was stopped. She stopped battling the bike to get it through corners and was able to actually um, ride the bike and work on her line and her braking points and shifting. Um, that's something that, sh- that uh, I work with a lot of riders on is finding shift points a lot. I'm surprised at how many people just get out there and, and buzz around the track in one gear. Everybody's, oh, third gear works just fine for me. I'm never going to shift. Um it's really, you know, your motorcycle's got gears for a reason. Most motorcycles have six of them. They're they're all there for a reason. Motorcycles work so much more effectively when you're in the right rev range for that particular motorcycle, when you're in the right gear for the right corner, um, so that your bike is in its peak power range. Uh, the motor isn't over-braking with motor braking. You aren't uh, over-accelerating because you're too low. You're not running into the rev limiter. Yeah. So shifting is a really important component of riding these bikes on the track. So I worked with Renee a lot on shifting. I worked with my wife some on shifting. Now, I know those of you that uh, have ever tried to teach your significant other anything, um, it's, it's, uh, it's always uh, fear-inducing to try and coach or teach your significant other into anything. Fortunately, uh, this time Michelle was uh, was open-minded and was able to listen to some of the feedback I gave her, um, and we were able to work through some things. And I came to the realization uh, by coaching Renee, by coaching uh, my wife, and by coaching uh, this other young man that not everybody's at the track to try and get faster. Some people are just at the track to get better, to be safer. And that's really what uh, track riding should be about. When you're out riding on the street, you have uh, there's so many more things that you have to worry about. You got to worry about the guy in his Tahoe who's texting and driving. You got to worry about the mom in her minivan who's swatting at her kids in the back seat or trying to change the DVD because they must be entertained at all times and kids don't know how to be bored. You got to worry about you know the girl who's putting on her makeup in the rearview mirror the whole time down the freeway and not paying attention to the commute, even though it's rush hour traffic on Highway 50. But I digress. When you're on the track, you are all going the same direction. There's no cars. Everybody's out there basically going the same way. If you do go off the road, which I had the unfortunate event of doing uh, this last weekend, um, there's runoff room. There's places. There's there's space to make mistakes without guardrails or things that will kill you. And so I have to really shift my mind when I'm coaching in the uh, the cruising group to go, you know, not everybody wants to, you know, dial down to sub two minute lap times at Thunder Hill. Some people are just out there to enjoy their motorcycle, ride in a safe environment, ride where it's safe to be going as fast as you feel comfortable, ride without worrying about getting a speeding ticket for going 130 on the straightaway. Or if you don't want to go 130 on the straightaway, do you. And so I had to really shift my mindset as I was coaching in this, this cruising group to go, let the let the riders ride their ride, and I'm here to make sure that they're riding the safest ride. And so with the three that I really coached, um, and there was a few that I, others that I popped in on and helped show lines and things like that, but I really had to, to slow down. I found that riding my, uh, my race bike for coaching in the C group was not very beneficial, so I spent a lot of the time riding my Ducati Multistrada Enduro. Uh, to coach in that C group. And that was just fine. You know, it's plenty of horsepower. It's, it's actually more horsepower than my race bike. Uh, handles fairly well. And it was the, and I had mirrors on it. So I was able to see the riders that I was co- coaching, uh, showing them lines. I'd take them out for a couple laps, show them some lines. Uh, then I'd follow their lines. Then we'd make corrections and we'd talk about it. So that, that was my experience uh, coaching for the C group for fun track days. The joy of coaching for fun track days is that when I'm not actually coaching, I can ride in any of the groups. So I was able to get out and do some uh, some pretty quick laps on on B group. 
uh, and then uh, get into the A group, the extreme group, and chase some of the guys on the leader bikes, really working hard to bring my lap times down and working through some changes that I'd made to the bike. I had decided that uh, it was time for me to, to make the conversion to GP shifting uh, versus street shifting, and uh, I, I was really just trying to wrap my head around that and unprogram, you know, 30-some-odd years of riding experience where, you know, it was always one down and five up. Now I'm trying to go one up and five down. There's a lot of benefits to GP shifting that I'm seeing. Um, there's a lot, you know, back shifts or up, sh- you know, down shifts, as they, they call them with GP shifting, are a lot more effective. Um, you're not having to change the ergonomics of the bike to shift up. You're not pulling against the ergonomics of the bike when you're, you need to be conserving energy on a straightaway. You're able to just click down, click down, click down, catching another gear, catch another gear, catch another gear. Um, where I was finding some challenges is, you know, instincts. Um, I, my instincts are always to back, sh- you know, downshift in, in a particular way and when, or upshift in a particular way. And so if you're trying to upshift when you should actually be, you know, and you're actually where you should be on GP shifting, clicking the lever down, and instead you're clicking it up, you're, you're dropping a gear and that can be pretty dangerous. Um, I only did that, uh, twice and I was able to pretty quickly catch myself with a clutch, bring the clutch in so I didn't blow the motor or, or high side myself. But throughout the entire day, about six, seven sessions, I was able to, uh, really, you know, focus on the GP shifting, learning where it's at, um, and, and just get used to it, um, to make the, to make the transition full. Um, I also converted my Ducati, uh, my Multistrada to GP shifting. Um, I figured that if I want to change my inherent behaviors, if I want to change my muscle memory, if I want to change how I've been doing this for so many years to improve the benefits of GP shifting on the track that I probably should look at doing it on the street as well. Fortunately on the, the Ducati, it was a pretty easy switch. It just meant moving the, uh, the position of where the, the lever attaches to the shifter on the Ducati and uh, I got it pretty well squared away. So, you know, as I'm learning both, uh, I'm riding both and, you know, I do have to make some mental memory, some mental, you know, jog myself every once in a while. Hey, GP shift, GP shift, make sure I'm going the right way. But uh, it, it's turned out to be a pretty good, pretty good thing. So I took uh, the bike out uh, the next Monday. So this was two Mondays ago. This last Monday, I went out to just do a track day for myself. I went out with, uh, with Carter's at the track. I went out by myself. Though I didn't have the whole family. didn't have everybody. I wasn't working. It was just about going out and working on prep for... You know, dialing my lap times in, working on handling, working on settings. Um, I worked with Dave Moss most of the morning, trying to work on some head, some settings with uh, my suspension, dialing in my suspension as I'm getting faster. I'm working on my DOT tires. Uh, I'm still riding the Michelin um, Evo Sport um, DOTs. Um, I'm thinking about going to uh, slicks for this upcoming race, um, but in the meantime, I'm just working on trying to get down as fast as I can, get my lap times as low as I can on these DOT tires. So, uh, working through suspensions, working through GP shift, trying to find, um, shift points, trying to minimize shifting, making sure that I'm in the right RPM range, trying to, to figure this all out, just memorizing shift points on the track, because I don't want any of those to be things that I'm having to think about when I go into a race. I want to know what my shift points are. I want to know what gear I need to be in at any any particular point on the track. Um, experimenting with the gearing a little bit, experimenting with braking points and shift points. I was able to follow some pretty fast guys on uh, 300s uh, and 400s and just watch their, their corner speed and, and mimic their corner speed on my 600, trying to, you know, those 
guys in the 300s and 400s that are turning the same lap speeds as 600s, you know that they are carrying way more corner speed because they're sure is not outside accelerating you on the straightaways. So I was able to see uh, what they're doing, how they're they're carrying the corner speed, get a little bit more confidence in that. Um, I was able to work on, you know, Dave helped me a lot with getting the suspension squared away so that I'm not having, I'm not chasing the bike. Uh, the bike is coming to me. It's turning in well where I want it to. Turn five has always been really scary for me. There's a lot of wobble in my my suspension, a lot of wobble in that track coming down turn five, coming off the, I call it the cyclone, the mini, mini carousel, the... Uh, uh, mini corkscrew or whatever they call it there at Thunder Hill. Um, as I get midway through that corner, I'm hitting the max peak of my power and I really want to accelerate through there, but the track is so bouncy that I was having some issues. And so, you know, so we worked on some, some suspension settings to get me through there. Uh, me riding an 05, it's an analog bike. There's no traction control. There's no wheelie control. There's none of those fancy electronics. So I've got to, I have to really ride the bike. And then you come out into six, seven, and eight. I mean, you're, you're full throttle, um, you're wide open, getting through there, getting as much as you can. I was trying to find a good shift point going into eight. Eight is a, a super, super fast corner. If you're hitting it right, you're coming through there at 105 to 115, driving up that hill. And so I just really want to make sure that I was in the right gear. I was topping out, um, coming through there, working on those shift points, trying to figure out how many gears to go down, coming off nine, trying to figure out how many gears did I wanted to go down, coming into 10 and 11. And it, it was, it was a lot of fun working on that. I was able to get down to basically, um, within a 10th of a second of my fastest lap on DOTs ever while I was out there. So I feel really good uh, getting ready to come into, uh, round three, but I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, I really enjoyed riding with Cargers. Uh, they're a really hospitable group. They're really, um, it was my first time riding with them and, uh, I felt really welcome. Um, you know, the only, the only issue that I had is I, I, I kind of felt like we had a lot of red flags. Um, two helicopters came in to pick people up. So there was a couple pretty bad crashes. I guess it was a smaller group cause Saturday, Sunday was really large. So Monday was kind of a smaller group out there, but, um, there's a lot of fast guys out there still. It was really, really hot and got up to about 103 tires started getting pretty greasy in the afternoon. Um, the only thing that I felt like they, they could improve on a little bit was their communication. Uh, we didn't always know what was happening, you know, during a red flag, we didn't always know what was going on. We didn't always know, um, how long we were waiting. Um, the track management was doing a lot of the communications. Um, I'm pretty used to, uh, fun track days with uh, Augie always having the microphone and telling us exactly what's happening. So it kind of felt like, uh, you know, they could prove on their, their communication uh, a little bit and just letting the riders know what's going on. Other than that, I had no other complaints with uh, riding with cars. I really enjoyed the group of people. I liked the riders who were there. Um, a lot of the same faces. A lot of people ride with multiple uh, organizers, but uh, it was pretty cool to uh, meet up with uh, um, the ladies from Shimoto who are putting on a uh, PTSD uh, fundraising event in August that is uh, Curves and Corners. Uh, it's uh, It kind of books as a, uh, it looks like it's a uh, women's only day, but it's actually a co-ed day, but it's really focusing on trying to get some more ladies out of the track. So I really enjoyed talking to them. Uh, uh, we're going to look at trying to do some initiatives later um, in the future where we do some more vet to track days and get some more awareness to PTSD and how riding on the uh, motorcycles on the track specifically in racing is helping uh, a lot overcome t- uh, PTSD and traumatic brain injury. So the Shimoto's uh, ladies were uh, really cool. I uh, ended up with one of their stickers on my motorcycle, but uh, it was fun to talk to them and, and kind of put some faces with the names and, and figuring out who was, who was uh, behind these individual programs. Um, other people that were there, um, I didn't really use their tire vendors because uh, I had a good all fresh set of rubbers thanks to Oscar over at Race Pace. Um, 
Motorsports. Uh, but I really, you know, I spent a lot of time with uh, Dave Moss working on my suspension, and uh, it was it was pretty good. I feel like I'm in a really good spot moving into uh, going up to the to the next round. The other thing that was really cool about this Carter's Day is that uh, a friend of mine. Leah Carson had set up her Hellcat riding riding experience where she was taking people that were track day virgins, uh, setting them up with uh, transportation to the track from Sacramento, getting them into some loaner and rental leathers and getting them out there uh, with a coach on the track for their first track experience. It was neat to see her uh, get this uh, get this moving. I know this is a um, an idea that she's been marinating on and harvesting for a long time. So it was really cool to uh, interact with her and some of the riders that she had brought out on that day and, and see how it went. So it was, uh, it was really neat. And uh, congratulations to uh, Leah for getting that, the, getting that done. Uh, if you're interested, you can look, check out the Hellcat riding group on Facebook. Um, she's planning on doing some more of these in the future. And uh, it's a really great deal for 200 bucks to get out on the track, get some instruction, get uh, loaner or rental leathers and uh, get off the street and get out to someplace that's uh, really a lot safer to ride um, and a lot more fun to enjoy your sport bike. All right, so the other thing that I want to talk about today was uh, building a motorcycle. So uh, way back, uh, I don't know, uh, early March, I low-sided my R6 in turn 3 at Thunder Hill and broke uh, a lot of stuff. I bought a rolling chassis from... Uh, Max Klein at uh, Oxymoron Photography, the same year, 2005 R6. Um, and I took all the parts from that uh, rolling chassis and rebuilt my R6. But here I had this frame. So I've been watching uh, eBay and I uh, came across a really good deal on a motor. So I just picked up a 4,000-mile motor uh, for an 05 R6 that uh, showed up. Um, and so now I've got uh, a motor, a frame, and a whole bunch of parts. So I've just started you know, piecing this motorcycle together. I, you know, I, I kind of joked that I had a motor and a cycle, but I didn't have a motorcycle. So I have that bike up uh, on the table right now, the maintenance table. I got the motor in it yesterday uh, with some uh, help of friends. Mario was over, helped me. Another friend, Jason, was out here, uh, helped me get the motor up and mounted. So now I just got to start uh, plugging in all the hardware and making sure that uh, this thing is going to run. I'm going to pick up a battery for it later today. I got to go run out and pick up some parts for my uh, car that I'm working on. And uh, so I'm hopefully to get this thing running. I'm, the plan is is to build this as a spare bike. Uh, written, I was thinking about building it as a 450 so I could race uh, in some of the 450 Superstock or Superbike class. Classes, uh, run it as a, tri- a cripple triple, um, but I, I just I like the idea of having a buddy bike, uh, so I can uh, invite people to come and do a track day with me uh, without having to you know bring their own bike. Uh, I can set it up a little bit more comfortable, a little more softer, run DOTs on it, and use this as a coaching bike, so that I'm not uh, blowing through a ton of miles on uh, all my race equipment. But so far, it's been uh, it's been a learning experience. You know, uh, I realized that I didn't have all the bolts that I needed, so I ordered a bunch of bolts. And now uh, I'm like one bolt short here and one bolt short there and one part here, one part there. So it's kind of nickel and diamond a lot trying to get this built. But in the end, I'm, I'm looking at having a uh, whole nother track bike set up, uh, built by me, um, which is kind of cool. It's kind of fun to, to build something from parts and pieces and pull it all together. Uh, I do need to order another set of bodywork, so I'm going to get a nice set of bodywork for my race bike, and then uh, I'll move the uh, the Oxymoron uh, bodywork over to this uh, track bike um, that I used, plan to use for as a buddy bike or as a spare bike or as a coaching bike. But so far, it's been kind of fun. It's uh, It's been an interesting experience, uh, uh, really combining parts from a bunch of different things into one. I'm learning a lot. I'm learning about, you know, a lot about uh, just alignment of motor and, and ergonomics and just trying to get this all squared away. So it's been a, it's been a really neat experience so far. Um, and just been, you know, I haven't had a ton of time to work on it, but it's definitely been uh, something I've been 
been uh, tinkering with. So uh, I'll probably end this podcast here in a few minutes and just uh, go out and tinker some more. But before I end, I do want to talk about uh, round three at Thunderhill. So Thunderhill is the track that I have ridden the most, especially the east side, the, the three-mile side. Um I'm really feeling uh, I'm feeling good going into this uh, into this next race weekend. Um, I'm all, uh, I'm only registered for one race on Saturday, uh, so I plan on doing the full Saturday practice day. I'm going to go out and practice with Carters on Friday, just get everything fresh, make sure I've got everything dialed in. Uh, on Saturday, I'm going to run the uh, Formula 40, the over 40 class in the novice category. And then uh, on Sunday, I have uh, four races that I've registered for on Sunday, so. Uh, um, I'm going to do the 600 Superbike, 600 Superstock, uh, the Formula One, and the I'm blanking on the last one that I'm doing right now, but uh, I'm running four races on Sunday. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, I ended up springing for the in-pit tech so that they come to me and, and tech my bike in pits so that I don't have to go and schlep all my gear all the way through. So um, that should be you know, a pretty cool deal where I get to... Uh, have them come to me versus the other way around. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it, uh, being a good weekend. Uh, I'm going to head out uh, Thursday night. So I'm there on Friday for practice. I'm going to load up, uh, the toy hauler and head on out. Um, if you're around the Sacramento area and you want to see some good local club racing, come on out, uh, Saturday or Sunday. Sunday is kind of the big day. If you want to see some good racing, come out Sunday. Uh, we'll be uh, racing out there all day. Uh, come out, you know, it's, it's a short 90 minute drive up, uh, I five to uh, Thunder Hill raceway park. And it, it, it's really neat. Uh, you know, bring a, get some buddies together, ride up, come check it out. See what, uh, the racing scene is all about at Thunder Hill. Um, I'm going to wrap this one up here at about 20 minutes and, uh, say thank you, uh, to all those who have, uh, helped me through my journey here. And remember that we're racing and riding to combat PTSD for our veterans, uh, first responders, and anybody suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, always remember that, uh, if you are one of those that's struggling, one of those that's, uh, looking for an outlet, uh, motorcycles are a great way. There's, uh, you know, I've got a lot of anecdotal evidence about how riding motorcycles, especially getting into, you know, high speed decision-making, uh, where the consequences are the highest really helps, uh, improve how my neuroconnectivity, my neuropathways work as I, after I come off the track, how it helps relieve stress. It gives me something to look forward to. It gives me something to really focus and motivate me. That's outside of the day-to-day grind and day-to-day norm. Um, I really want to emphasize that uh, I'm a huge advocate of throttle fer- therapy over bottle therapy. If uh, you're in a bad place, uh, look me up, call, uh, call me up, uh, hit me on Facebook, Instagram, um, whatever else, and I can I can help you get squared away with a, a, a treatment plan via a motorcycle program to help you really start trying to find a way to get through the demons that you're battling. Remember, nobody's ever alone. If you are at a place where you feel like you need some help, reach out. Um, reaching out is not weakness keeping it all to yourself is harder than reaching out and finding help. Remember that if you're a veteran, then a veteran crisis line may not be the best resource, but it is a resource that's out there. There are veterans networks, veterans centers. If you are struggling from PTSD, uh, traumatic brain injury, or any other sort of uh, mental illness where you feel alone, remember you're not. There's always somebody here uh, to help, and uh, you can reach out to me at malbhvd at facebook.com, as well as malbhvd, malbehaved, at gmail.com. You can also find me uh, at that same handle on Instagram. And uh, we're, we're always here to help. Um, we'll, we'll help you find a way to get through the challenges that you are experiencing. Again, remember our mission is uh, embracing throttle therapy over bottle therapy. 
And uh, thank you very much to uh, those that have supported me through this. Uh, Fun Track Days. Uh, check out their website. We've got uh, a really neat uh, week of writing coming up on the 3rd and 4th of July and the 6th and 7th of July. We've got uh, um, Laguna Seca coming up as well as two days following right after that at uh, Thunder Hill Raceway Park. So I wanted to thank Augie and the whole Fun Track Days family for bringing me on board. I've uh, really enjoyed uh, being part of that family. I also wanted to send out one more thanks to uh, Oscar at uh, Race Day Motorsports. Um, his support in getting my tires and bike and everything always squared away is, is a ton of help. One more plug for uh, Chris at Crash Moto Gear. He put together, uh, he put a zipper on uh, one of my uh, commuter pants so that uh, my lightweight textile pants and my jacket can zip together. So he, uh, if you ever need your leathers fixed, uh, Chris at crash moto gear is the place to get that done. Um, one last plug for, uh, Aliki at, uh, Venom Motorsports, uh, or Venom Racing. She does the, uh, base layer, uh, base layer, uh, cooling stuff. Uh, if you haven't ever tried her stuff out, it's awesome. Um, I'm looking forward to getting some custom stuff done as soon as my artworks and logos are done. Um, other than that, uh, this is Ryan Peterson and the Malbehaved Racing Experience signing off. Remember, embrace throttle therapy, not bottle therapy. And we're out. Thank you.